0: is ongoing, the fire of the upper room Spotify, as well as Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Podbean, and SoundCloud. Well, here we are again. Time for the porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. The Firefall Network's on YouTube. New videos up there from the Barrett store and uh, other Bible studies have gone up. Been working on getting a new testimony up there. We had to reschedule the one that was uh, planned. So subscribe. Make sure you know when new things are being posted. Before we go any further... Let me read a scripture to you, and then I got something I want to say. This is from First Corinthians chapter two, verses one through five, and this is Paul speaking. but I'm going to use this as a statement for myself, and I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus the Messiah and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now let me explain why I wanted to read that to you. In working on the video from last week's Bible study, um, Cross-Eyed, I realized that the cold that I'd been fighting really showed the sound of my voice, the tiredness in my voice, um, the pauses to catch my breath. So my apologies. Um, Maybe it didn't bother you, but it bothered me. And actually, I edited most of it out of there and reposted an edited version of the podcast up on the various streaming platforms. And the video is of the edited form. I just wanted to say that I, although I am um, from the entertainment industry, a trained actor, did theater in New York, the whole bit. This I don't use those gifts here. I speak to you from my heart. Sometimes I stumble on my words. Sometimes I get so excited I speak too quickly. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you. It, it, it really bothered me. It bothered me a lot watching that video and realizing the struggle I was having. And I probably should have taken the night off, but I don't do that. If I'm breathing, doesn't matter if I'm breathing with difficulty, I'm going to be here to teach the Word. So I hope you'll bear with me in that regard. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in China. Normally I would do this later, but I want to share this. On March 1st, 1st See, I did it already. March first, new rules are in place. Or increased internet surveillance, which means they're going to check everything they do. They're going to warn them, possibly arrest them, and then possibly invite them in for tea, which means they're going to be interrogated. They, uh, some people are leaving the chat rooms. With the pandemic, the online Bible studies have exploded. People are panicking already. Please remember to pray for our brothers and sisters in China. Go to Open Doors USA. I I ordered one of their wristbands called One With Them. So it kind of reminds me to pray, but I also have the app on the phone and it sends out prayer alerts. Soon we'll be able to support them. I was going to start um, the beginning of the year, but we're a little tight on finances. We made it through the end of the year but uh we we will blessings are coming, I know that they are, and I want to be able to support them and be able to do more than just pray for our brothers and sisters. I want to be able to offer them support. so we start out praise reports and prayer requests if you don't want to be a part of that, I appreciate that. Go to the sound of the next shofar and right into the Bible study. but this is the community part where I start out with praise and prayer i don't ever 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 teach or preach the word of god without doing that so i praise him first for my salvation for the calling that he's giving me this ministry all of you praise him for my family my wife sons daughter-in-law's uh, grandson our furry kids Family's really important to me not because i'm i'm Italian but because i had a broke i came out of a broken one father walked out when i was six so this is very important to me so i praise him for it being important to him to give it back to me i praise him for everything he's given us this home the technology the ability to do this here with you the protection that he offers us through his angelic covering and the psalm 91 promises he made to us For the dreams and the visions, living out Joel 228 in the last couple of weeks, I can tell you it's become incredibly active. I can feel a shift and I don't want to be one of those YouTube prophets that tell you something that doesn't come true. If I tell you something, I'm pretty accurate. I would probably say I'm in the 99 point something percentile. What I miss it on is the timing. But I can tell you unequivocally, something has shifted in the spirit realm, and I know that from personal experience. So I praise him that he's given us those signs. He's given us his promises. He's given us his word and his Holy Spirit. I praise him for divine health and healing. I praise him for favor, the continuing revelation of the Holy Spirit, that we are new creations at this exciting time. In the prophetic timeline. So now let's pray. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem first and always. Psalm 122 verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. I love my Jewish brothers and sisters. And since I have Jewish blood in my veins. I am a part of the vine. But we're all grafted into the vine. There's only one. I love them. I appreciate them. We all have our flaws. And I pray right now for them, for their protection. I pray for them to become complete in Messiah, in Hamashiach. I pray that they would be led properly for their government to do what's right before God. I pray that here in America as well. I pray that we would walk in accordance with his will and his word. We may not like what we see. This is not our home but I'm praying that he would do whatever is necessary to get America back to where it needs to be. Pray for the fatherless and the widows, the persecuted and the martyred, the poor in spirit, the bound, the oppressed, those that are victims of injustice. I pray for the victims in and out of the womb, both human and animal. I pray for his creation, all the way down to the littlest Florida lizard, to the animals in the, in the forest and the jungles, and then up to us. He is awesome in his creation. He's an, awesome, he's an awesome God in everything that he does. I pray for those that are being victimized by their leadership. We're seeing things going on in the world. And the global elite have revealed themselves and they don't seem to care that we know. But we know who sits on the throne. We know who has the final say. So hold on to that. I'm praying for those that have been victimized through human trafficking, sex trafficking, both children, teenagers, young adults. I pray that they would be found. I pray that they would be healed. And I pray those that do it would either repent or suffer his judgment. I'm praying against the growing religious persecution, the anti-Semitism, the attacks upon the church, as I already mentioned in China, but it's going on all around the world. We're not seeing it here yet, but it's slowly growing. Pay attention to it. Otherwise, you're going to be like the, the frog in the boiling water by the time you realize it's too hot, it's too late. I'm praying for divine wholeness, health, and healing as we all get back to our divine design, each and every one of us, to be able to do what he's called us to do. If you need healing right now, believe him to be as good as his word. I pray for you to be healed. I pray for you to be whole. I pray for him to touch you right now. Pray for our protection Pray for the remnant to wake up, rise up, and answer the call to action. Pray for the finances, the flow that we need to get things done. I hope you're joining with me. There's some big things on the horizon, but without provision, all they are are plans. I'm praying for our lost family members to come into the kingdom, saved, healed, and delivered. Names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you know who the members of the community are, pray for them. Pray for each member of the community that we know and even the ones that we don't know. I pray for each and every one of you. If I don't know you by name, the Lord does. So Father, Abba, Papa, we love you. We thank you. We come to you right now as your children, believing that you are God. That you are Abba. We love you. We thank you. And if there's anything in any way that we've done to disappoint you, please forgive us. Please help us to be better. Lord, can never thank you enough for what you've done. Can never ever thank you enough. You are more than anything we could imagine. That love your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness. We pray for you to touch us, to help us, to guide us through your Holy Spirit, to teach us. Let us receive what we need to receive tonight. Let us learn what we need to learn to be better than what we are. Excuse me, I have a little problem with my throat already, but at least now I know it. Holy Spirit, have your way. Do whatever it is you want to do tonight. This is your time. We just pray protection on the technology and on everything we say and do. We pray all these things. and If you agree with me, in Yeshua's name, we say, Amen. are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So your Bibles are open, you're ready to go. Psalm 8.4 says, What is man that you are mindful of him <clears throat> excuse me and the son of man that you visit him let's start that again what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him it says the same thing a little differently in psalm 144 verse 3 lord what is man that you take knowledge of him or the son of man that you are mindful of him that word mindful means to remember to recall a call to mind. So those scriptures tell us that he remembers up, remembers us. I'm sorry, I pointed out my my voice from last week because now all I can do is hear it. Which would make sense since I'm speaking and I'm hearing my voice. <laughs> he remembers us and he keeps his mind on us. But Isaiah 17.10 flips that equation. And this is what happens when we are not mindful of him. And this is Isaiah the prophet speaking, Because you have forgotten the God of your salvation, O Judah, and have not been mindful of the rock of your strength and your stronghold, therefore you have planted pleasant nursery grounds and plantings to Adonis, pots of quickly withered flowers used <clears throat> to step by their doors from the courts of the temples and have set the grounds with vine slips of a strange god. Now what's going on here is that the Jews, Judah, is worshipping the Syrian deity Adonis, the god of vegetation. He was worshipped in both Greece and Syria. And what they would do is they would plant seeds of uh, plants and vines that would quickly wilt in the sun as an offering to symbolize the dying and the rising of the God to bring blessing upon their crops. They did this in Egypt for Osiris and for Tammuz in Babylon. The people of Israel, the people of Judah, were specifically doing the very sin that they were warned not to do. They had forgotten their God that had saved them from slavery. They were not mindful of what he had done for them. They'd forgotten the exodus. They'd forgotten being rescued out, out of the wilderness. And they'd forgotten the God of their salvation and their rock. Exodus 15:2. the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Deuteronomy 32, 4. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Bring to remembrance who he is in your life. Bring to remembrance everything that he has done for you. But being mindful of him, and that's what this Bible study is called, mindful of him, is the key to our relationship and our walk with him. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. And this is the scripture that came to mind that made me think about doing this. Jump down to verse 13. Peter says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus, the Messiah, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he called you, as he who called you is holy. Holy you also be holy in all your conduct. The new birth and our salvation required us as believers in Yeshua to live as God's people, as as his children, which means separating ourselves from the values of the world and emulating the holiness of our Heavenly Father. When he says, to gird the loins of your mind, basically he's saying think clearly. But if we follow the example in Peter's day, and we've talked about this before, they would tuck the hem of their garment, their long robe. They would pull it up through their legs and up and around through their belt so that they could work or run. They also did that when they served people. So we can't run, we can't walk, we can't serve anybody until we've taken our thoughts captive till we've guarded our mind. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hebrews 12.1 Be sober. Make spiritually sound judgments in your mind, your heart, your soul, and your spirit. And when we do that, we can rest our hope upon Him. We know that He's as good as His Word. We know that He will accomplish what He said He would do. So think clearly And exercise self-control. Look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah, is revealed to the world. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. We need to pattern ourselves after him, not after the world. We can't be controlled by our human desires and our flesh anymore. There's no excuse anymore. Oh, yes, his grace is always available. Don't get me wrong. But there comes a point where we have to grow up. There comes a point where we have no more excuses for our behavior. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't pattern yourself after the world. You're either going to be conformed to the world or transformed by the Holy Spirit. According to the Nelson Study Bible, conform means to form or mold. And the world isn't the globe, it's the age or the era that we're in. So instead of being molded by the, by the values of the world, believers in Yeshua should be transformed by the renewing of our mind by the way we think, by the decisions we make, by the desires that we have, they should be different. A mind that's dedicated to the world and the concerns of this world are going to produce a life like the world, that's going to follow the ebb and flow of the culture. But a mind that is dedicated to your Heavenly Father, dedicated to God, dedicated to your Lord and Savior, Will produce a life that will ride out every wave, ride out every fad, every trend, and will pass the test of time. And we can resist the temptations of the world by meditating upon God's Word and letting the Holy Spirit guide us to shape our thoughts and shape our behaviors. That's the key. To walking successfully in this world, that word transform. We talked about this last week. Metamorpho. It's a Greek word to change form. Remember Matthew seventeen two. Yeshua was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. It's the same word for transfiguration. We should be transformed. I don't know how long you've been saved. All of us have been saved for various lengths of time. Remember, salvation instantaneous, sanctification a process. Well, if you've been in process for a while, there should be a change. There should be an inward renewal of our mind and our thoughts. Our inner man, our woman, our inner spirit should be transformed more into a likeness of him. That's what Paul was telling the church in Rome, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Is your mind renewed? Are you still thinking the same thoughts you've always thought? Are you still coming up with the same decisions? I would guarantee you your biggest battle is in your own mind. As we progress as believers in Yeshua, we should gradually notice that our thought life has changed. From before we were saved to now. But again, transformation doesn't happen overnight. The, the regeneration process, the born-again process, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, is instantaneous. But our transformation is a continuous process. We are transformed from glory to glory, the more time we spend in his image, the more time we spend with him intimately and in friendship. Before we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, going through a metamorphosis into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I can tell you. When I see someone who's not growing in the Spirit, who's not changing, who's making the same decisions, I can pretty much predict their prayer life. I can pretty much predict how much time they spend with the Lord. Because the more time you spend with Him, the more you are changed. Romans twelve three says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. That think of himself, that renewed mind, will help you to think soberly about yourself, to be a, a, a changing behavior that you will be able to see And others will be able to see in you. But there's a back, a downside to this. There's there's another side to this. Trying to measure my words here. There's a price for not doing what I'm saying. There's always a price. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 31 and 32. For if, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. The Lord corrects us through the Holy Spirit. First through subtle, then a little more forceful, And then really forceful. May even allow the enemy to have access. There's never condemnation, but there's always correction. So if we, you and I, we're all in this together. I'm no better than you. If we searchingly examined ourselves, which means detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our own condition can look at others till you look at yourself that whole plank and speck in the eye thing we should not be be judged and penalty decreed by divine judgment but when we fall short and are judged by the lord we are disciplined and chastened so that we may not be finally condemned to eternal punishment along with the world we're always in process always i spend a lot of time with the lord my wife can tell you that i have a witness can i get a witness i have one um i spend a lot of time with the lord and he pulls no punches with me that's the relationship we've always had he speaks to me the way i understand He's always correcting. He's always tweaking. He will pat me on the back. He will encourage me. He will love on me. And then sometimes he he has to get my attention. And I'm good with that. Because we're always, always being transformed. Until we see him face to face. Until we get to the place where we're out of these fleshly bodies and into our perfect ones. He's always going to be working on us. Now, First Corinthians 11 was specifically to the church about taking communion in a meaningless or frivolous manner. Meaning, treat it with respect as an act of worship. If we would judge ourselves, God would not correct us. But when Christians are unwilling to do this self-examination, the Father will... Correct us themselves. Well this applies to our walk as well. And by the way, I'm with Paul in the whole communion thing. It isn't a snack. It isn't a ritual. It's very special. And we should never do it frivolously or out of obligation, but we should do it with all our hearts. But the point I'm getting to, what I'm trying to get you to understand that there's a war on for our minds, and therefore for our souls. There's a war on for the mind of your children, your loved ones, and those that you care about. Months ago, many months ago, the Lord began to speak to me about the legacy media. And and I'm going to do a video on that. I've not gotten around to it. I'm trying to catch up. But the legacy media is everything we have out there right now television, radio, movies, print, internet, it influences our culture, our conduct, and our minds. And so I've done some research on that, and I want to share a couple of things that pertain to this from that research. Neil Postman is the author of a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death*. He described the dominance of the age of television and the decline of the age of print as, quote, the most significant American cultural fact of the second half of the 20th century. Educator Vigerio, author of Nonsense is Destroying America, describes the modern electronic media as, quote, the most powerful force that has ever influenced the human mind and heart. Quentin J. Schultz wrote, wrote a book that I want to get a hold of called Redeeming Television, How TV Changes Christians and How Christians Can Change TV. Television is the most effective propaganda vehicle, he says, because of its tremendous potential to influence culture. Now, If you've been with me for a while, I've done many shows on Reflections in the Dark about this propaganda is ideas, facts, or allegations that are spread deliberately to further one's cause or to damage an opposing cause. Well, we have someone spreading propaganda. No, I'm not talking about somebody on television. I'm talking about HaSatan. And let me bring you a quote from one of his best students and probably the closest human example we've seen in the 20th century. This is from Adolf Hitler. This is about propaganda. By the skillful and sustained use of propaganda, one can make a people see even heaven as hell or an extremely wretched life as paradise. That's what Satan does. He can't make you do anything. What he does is he manipulates you to do it to yourself, starting with Adam and Eve in the garden, starting with every failure in the Bible from Samson and so on, even Peter himself, when the Lord rebuked him. said, get behind me, Satan. What he did with Judas, and on and on. That's his power. His power is to influence you to do it to yourself. But in dealing with this media, this influence that we're struggling with right now in America... Michael Medved, who is a television critic, says that Hollywood is, quote, following its own warped conceptions of artistic integrity driven by some dark compulsion beyond simple greed. Having been in the entertainment industry and the movie industry and TV and theater since 1978, I can tell you, and I firmly believe this, that at the very top of the studio's people making the decisions, if they're not demonically possessed, they may even be the fallen themselves. The amount of blasphemy and heresy, perversion and debauchery that are promoted to us through the media goes beyond the simple, sinful people. It is diabolical. It's demonic. See, media and the things around us doesn't just reflect society. It molds it. It transforms it, and it does it through our mind. Scriptures tell us that the world is under the influence of an extremely extremely cunning and vicious spirit we call Hasatan, Satan. Second Corinthians chapter 4, if you want the argument given to you, starting with verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by a manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Messiah Yeshua, the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants, for Yeshua's sake. But it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. Satan wants to bring darkness. He is the God of this world, small g. And he has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, those who are perishing. And how has he done that? through deception and seduction of the mind and keeping them from choosing the gospel. We've all been there. Everybody's had a different experience. Mine was a little more dramatic than yours, probably. But when that light bulb moment happened and my eyes were opened and I was no longer under his influence, this became a reality to me. He had blinded me. He had lied to me. He had deceived me. He did it through the religious upbringing I had. He did it through people around me. He did it through the media. He did it through the books I read or were recommended to me in high school. Things that led me down the path that I went down. Remember the name... Satan is not really a name, it's a title, it's a description, it means the adversary. And he is an adversarial, rebellious influence against anything that has to do with God and anything that has to do with the Lord. If we're mindful of him, meaning the Lord, if we're mindful of the cross if we're mindful of the empty tomb, if we're mindful of the upper room, Satan has no control over our mind. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, Among whom we also once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Legacy media, prince of the power of the air, sons of disobedience. Are we seeing a connection? By grace, through faith, we have been redeemed. By grace, through faith, we have been changed. By grace, through faith, we have been removed from Satan's control. So then, why do we willingly, like dogs to the vomit, keep going back? Why do we accept compromises? Why do we accept information that is the antithesis of what the Bible says? Why do we allow false religions to be acceptable in our lives? I know we're supposed to be friendly. I know we're supposed to lead people to the Lord. But that doesn't mean I have to compromise and accept their beliefs. I must draw a line in the sand and say... I love you and accept you as you are, but I can't agree with you. I can't celebrate your pagan holiday. I can't agree with the fallen demons and, and fallen angels that you worship. Yet I see believers do it every day on social media. We're called to be light in the darkness, we're called to be salt, we're called to be witnesses, we're called to change people through our love and through how we walk with the Lord. We were dead in our trespasses. But he forgave us and he made us alive. Our heavenly Father made us alive together with Messiah. And then he raised us up to sit with him in the heavenly places. And yet we want to have one foot there and one foot in the world. We want to sit next to the Lord in the glory of the Lord and we want to feel spiritual things and Oh, you know what, Lord, I need a break, so I'm going to go back into the world for a little while. Stop. You'd be better off being by yourself than doing that. You've been given positional authority. That position next to Him. Delegated to you by Him. That should change your view of things. And that should inspire us to be different. That should inspire us to be mindful of Him. So, brace up your mind, be sober, circumspect, morally alert, set your hope wholly and unchangeably on the grace, the divine favor that is coming to you when Jesus the Messiah is revealed. Live as children of obedience to God. Do not conform yourselves to the evil desires that governed you in your former ignorance when you did not know the requirements of the gospel. But as the one who called you is holy, you yourselves also be holy in all your conduct and manner of living. Holiness is a desire, it's a behavior. It's not something you can do in the natural. It's something you do through the Holy Spirit. It's something you do from the inside out. It's something you do because you walk with Him. You talk with Him. It's something you do because you spend time with Him and you've been transformed from glory to glory. You're changing. You're in process. You're not where you used to be, but you're also not where you're going. I sat here today talking to the Lord as I worked on this. Actually, he worked on it. I just kind of typed it out. Just praying for change, praying for breakthroughs so that I can do the things I'm called to do so that I can change, that I can help others to change, to go set the captives free, to go destroy the work of the enemy and live out Luke 4.18, which is my foundational scripture. But I want to change. I don't want to make the same mistakes I've made in the past. I don't want to live through the programming that's in my mind and my DNA that's been passed down from me. And folks, it is a daily battle. We're always fighting against our flesh nature and that flesh nature is always fighting against our spirit. And whichever one we focus on more, whichever one we feed more, whichever one we exercise more is the stronger of the two. But that battle always goes on till we get out of these decaying bodies. And every day, every day, I mess up in something. I get frustrated, or the dogs do something. It's, Every day, my old nature tries to go forth, no, Richard, do it this way. No, I'm not going to do it that way. Sometimes I have to tell myself that. If anybody heard me, they would think I was a little crazy. And they'd be right. I'm peculiar. I'm different. But my point is this. The battles in my mind, the battles in your mind, battles in the choices you make, the battles in what you see, what you listen to, what you believe, what you accept. And I'll never call you out on it if I see it on social media, unless I have that kind of relationship with you, that I may gently point at it. But I'm going to tell you right now. Our Heavenly Father is holy. The Lord is holy. And he desires that we be like him. He desires that we don't compromise with the world. He desires that we stop listening to Hasatan and all of his mouthpieces and all the people that work for him. Which is very difficult to do because sometimes you can't even figure out whether the world or the church who's serving him. But I know, my Lord. I know the way he speaks. I know the sound Of the shepherd's voice. I know when I'm hearing something that's not coming from him. But this much I know. And he said it. Red Letter Basics. Out of Luke 21. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my word says the Lord. Will not pass away. But be on guard. So that your hearts are not weighed down and depressed. With the giddiness of debauchery. And the nausea of self-indulgence. And the worldly worries of life. And then that day, which is the day of the Lord, when the Messiah returns, will not come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon those who live on the face of all the earth. But keep alert at all times. Be attentive and ready, praying that you may have the strength and the ability to be found worthy and to escape all these things that are going to take place to stand in the presence of the Son of Man at His coming. Our minds should be filled with Him. Our minds should be filled with His Spirit. Our minds should be filled with His Word and His thoughts. We should have the mind of Messiah. We should have taken our thoughts captive to the obedience of Messiah. What did He do? How did He think? Would He have gone to, um, you know, some place that celebrates the dead only if he was going to witness and bring the light and disrupt the demons but he wouldn't go to party he wouldn't go to have a great time he didn't compromise not once did he compromise we should be mindful of him That's where the power comes from. I was thinking about that today. I posted a meme recently that I want to teach on, but every time I do, the Lord takes me in a different direction. And since this is his Bible study, I do what he wants. But the authority I have in him doesn't come from how much I know. I mean, I know scripture. There's no doubt about that. I've been doing this long enough. But when I first started casting out demons, which happened within months of getting saved because I was still up in New York and Pastor Shelley had me ministering to people that needed deliverance. I, I didn't have any word inside of me. I carried around three by five index cards of specific scriptures to say. But it wasn't the amount of word that was in me. It was the person of the word that was in me. It was the delegated authority that he gave to me through his name, just like the disciples, which he sent out two by two with the authority to cast no demons and to heal the sick. They didn't know any word. They didn't have any word. They were Jews. They had scrolls that were kept in the synagogue. They didn't carry them around with them. I'm sure they didn't know very much about what was going, what was on those scrolls. But what they had was the power of his name. And they began to cast out demons. They began to heal people. So my authority to do what I do comes from him inside of me. And, of course, the Holy Spirit brings scriptures to mind. I don't think I've ever defeated anything but little bitty demons with scriptures. And I'm at the point now where I see very little bitty demons. The guys I deal with don't pop and disappear. They're in there for the fight. They're in there for the the long haul. But my point is this. My mind is filled with him. My mind is filled with his spirit. If you want to walk like he walked, if you want to do what he did, if you want to be the example of him to a fallen world, then you must set your mind on him. You must set your mind on things above this is not our home. What you see on TV, even the Christian stuff, the faith-based stuff, well, it's entertaining and it may cause people to think, that's not what get people saved. And I know somebody will write me and say, well, I saw such and such and it made me think, and that's all well and good. Remember, I'd, I'm in that industry. It forced you to think, force you to make a decision, it forced you to become mindful of him. That's how you change people. Our minds should be filled with him. We should be mindful of him and mindful of eternity. You're going to spend it somewhere. Help people to choose where they're going to spend it. Folks, we're running out of time. And that's a scientific thing. Time is slowing down. I asked the Lord the other day. I watched something on the news and it disturbed me. How people are treating one another, all the craziness, all the suicides, all the debauchery, all the brutality. And I said, Lord, how much longer are you going to let this go on? And very quickly, very distinctly, I heard him say, not much longer. I wish I knew what that meant. One year, two years, ten years. I don't know. I live this walk day to day. I live from glory to glory. If it's not today, it could be tomorrow. If it's not tomorrow, it could be the next day. But I try, try to follow the book of Acts example. One eye on the calling and one eye on the sky. But more and more, as I've gotten older, and maybe because of everything going on in the world, that word "Maranatha, come Lord Jesus" comes to mind a lot. But I don't want that to happen until I get the job done, which is what I'm called to do. I don't want that to happen until that person I've been praying for can get saved. I don't want that to happen and somebody run out of time. Therefore, my commitment to him, my commitment to the calling, my commitment to the gospel, my commitment to do this, even if I can't speak clearly or breathe well, doing better on the breathing, not on the speaking. But it doesn't matter. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about you. I know we've expanded our reach, and I know many of you from the various platforms are listening and downloading. I've watched the numbers go up. And that's not my point. My point is, this is about you. That if I can wake up just one of you, to get you to become what you were designed to become in him. A part of that awakened remnant one of the people that helped shake the world one last time before the return of the king, then I'm doing my job. He loves you. Did you hear what I just said? The creator of the universe, the one who spoke everything into existence, loves you. So, Father... Help us. Help us to be mindful of you. Help us to help us to desire holiness. As my Paisan Carmen used to sing, help us to hunger for holiness, knowing that we can only achieve it with your help through your Holy Spirit. Help us to hunger, to be like you, to shine, to walk like you, to set the captives free, to love on people, to lay hands on the sick. Please, Lord, now more than ever, take the spirit that's inside of us and stir it up. Take the spirit that's inside of us and throw some oil on it. Let us burn hotter. Let us love longer. Let us be stronger in our faith. Please. Please. Holy Spirit, have your way. I know I say that, but unless you've been prayed for by me, when I tell the Holy Spirit to have his way to do whatever he wants, anything can happen. Burn out of us anything and everything that's not of the Lord. Bring to mind everything right now that has taken his place in our mind. Remove it and let us put him in place of it. Help us to be mindful of him. Help us to walk and talk and be like Yeshua. Give us the fruit of the Spirit. Give us the gifts of the Spirit. Just fill us right now, Holy Spirit. I pray all these things from my heart, from my soul and my spirit, for you, with you, in Yeshua's name. If you agree with me, say amen. Reach out. Let me know what's going on with you. I mean, I'm in touch with most of the community that has made themselves known. If you need prayer, ask for it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord, Adonai, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Port on Firefall Talk Radio.